Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning, gardeners. Uh, lovely, but very cold Sunday morning. Barely touched freezing at my home this morning, but I did get to freezing. Um, I don't know how the rest of you have done. If you weren't prepared, if you didn't know that it was going to get that cold, you may need to go and look and see if you suffered any damage. And the only reason that I noticed that it even got that cold was one of my bird baths had this super thin layer of ice across the top that's already gone. It's already warmed up enough for that to melt away. I brought in the plants, plant, sorry, that I intended to make sure I protected. Everything else I left outside was, well, if you make it, you make it. If you don't, you don't. But um, I have one bay laurel in a pot and really wanted to bush out, get nice and tall. And the only way to do that was to make sure that I don't keep winding up having to cut it back because of the freeze. Now, bay laurel can handle this weather. It really can. But you will lose some leaves. They'll turn brown on you. They'll fall off. The plant won't look the best. So I wanted to protect mine. I brought that in. Everything else stayed outside. Uh, I have mountain laurels that had blooms, excuse me, buds. Couldn't cover them. So, you know, you, this is what they do. They make it or they don't. I don't have any fruit tree blooms. Got to say that carefully. Yet. I expect them to start showing up. I have a pear tree that usually gives it away really early and you can, you can see it starts to bud. Not seeing that yet. Um, I don't think that's a bad thing. That's fine. It hasn't started yet. Good. Hopefully it'll come back and I'll get a good bloom out of this tree. And, you know, that's one of the things about my pear that makes such a big deal to me is it's located right next to my driveway in the front of my home. And when it blooms out, it's like it's like a Q-tip. It's all white. It's very, very pretty. And I usually get a lot of fruit off of it, too. But we haven't seen it yet. So hopefully it's still coming. Um, I have been doing seed starting. My tomatoes and peppers are doing fantastic. They really, really look good. And they are giving me a really dark green leaf. Well, part of that is, is I use supplemental lighting. Yeah, I, I use grow lights. LED grow lights, and I used a heat map this year, heat mat, not a heat map, a heat mat, 
And it really enabled things to germinate and set good deep roots quickly. Now, the big surprise I have, um, my tomatoes are less than, were less than a month old and they were already uh, five to six inches tall out of my four inch pots. I mean, that is, that is great to get them going that fast. They will be almost too big before I get an opportunity to put them out in the garden. And that, that is not a bad thing, folks. I will plant them super deep so they get good roots and they can start making tomatoes as soon as possible. That'll make my day. The one that surprised me is we tried Aunt Molly's ground cherry. People have texted me and got question about it because they, they wanted to try these plants. They took, um, planted them on the 23rd of January. They just came up this week. So what is that? Uh, roughly three weeks for they, them to germinate. And I gotta tell you, the seeds for Aunt Molly's are very, very small, very small. They're smaller than carrot seeds. But the problem is when they come up, you almost can't see them. You get this super small little start that comes up out of the ground. It, it is one of the smallest planting starts that I've seen. You know, you start an onion seed and it comes up fairly quick, but it tends to come up as, it's almost a really tiny green blade of grass, super skinny. Well, these Aunt Molly's, you could argue they're even smaller. It's, it's surprising how little these things are. But the package said, starting the seed, having a heat mat underneath the seed to keep the soil temperature warmer, that they would come up at about three weeks, and they did. Still trying to figure out how successful germination was. I have a couple of cells that have nothing in them yet. I have one cell that has four plants. That's because these seeds are so small, it's really hard to plant them one at a time. I'm looking forward to that. They're going to possibly go into a big container and ground cherries are so tasty. They, they are very, very productive. Uh, used to grow them, but somebody else started the seeds and I bought the starts and they were wonderful. They were wonderful. So I'm looking forward to those this year. It, it's a good fruit, easy to grow, very, very productive. It'll probably give up if it gets too hot too fast. And that's always disappointing around here. But I think I should get a decent yield 
out of the ones I have ready to go in the ground. I will normally be starting cucumbers too, but I don't have to start those inside in seed trays. Totally possible to do so. Totally possible. But cucumbers, squash, uh, zucchini, which is a squash, yes, I know. They usually come up so easy and so fast that you should probably just direct seed those. You don't need to go to the trouble of putting in a seed tray or any of that other stuff. They'll come up on their own pretty easily. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Welcome to a cold morning. Uh, God, take a break. I will catch you on the other side. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, hey, welcome back, everybody. You know, made the comment that we should uh, watch for temperatures for tomatoes because they affect the plant growth. And part of the problem of that is that if your tomatoes, if your tomatoes are exposed to cold temperatures, somewhere below 45 degrees, is that it can affect their production and their yield. So first off, they won't produce as many blossoms to become fruit. Second, the ones they do produce, uh, they're not going to yield very good because the tomatoes may not ripen. Now, I've, we've said that for a long time, but I thought it was about time to bring forth the data on this again because we say it, but it's been so generalized when it actually has been studied to demonstrate that these effects occur on our plants. It's It's been studied with good numbers about, look, the plants will suffer growth if they're exposed to non-freezing but suboptimal temperatures. And that's that 45 degrees or less. So there are some good published reviews out there where they where they really dug into this to make sure that they are talking uh, you know they're just not making stuff up so remember this we are probably a little early uh, especially tomorrow we're looking at a low of 37 you 
if you have tomatoes in the ground, you better have them covered. Now, the weather report shows warmer than normal for the next two weeks. Are we safe to get tomatoes in ground in ground now with the hope of getting them to grow early? It's always a gamble here. We could finish out the month of February, got just shy of two weeks left, and it'd be really warm, these great temperatures, uh, winter garden temperatures, start your tomatoes temperatures, and then the first week of March, we could get a hard freeze. The problem of being a gardener. Imagine being a farmer where your life earnings depend on being able to produce food. It gets pretty hard to do. So we're hoping, we're hoping for the best. Now, what happens if you get a tomato in the ground and you get those low temperatures that you weren't expecting and you don't get the tomato covered in time? It will negatively affect the size and the uh, quantity of tomatoes you will be getting. When it gets warmer, does it get better? Does it return? Maybe. There's no real guarantee. There's no real guarantee that they won't be permanently stunted. So it's worth your time and effort that if you're chucking tomatoes in the ground, you can make sure that you can get them covered because guess what? It's Texas and our weather, like they say, hang around five minutes, it'll change. Well, that's everywhere, right? Weather changes so quickly. Well, it can change here. This time of the year is a little bit unusual because you have this issue, you have this issue of the cold, will it permanently damage or will it just be a temporary thing? Now, I just got sent a text, someone has got Aunt Molly's crown cherries up too. Um, these are so small, these starts, it's really impressive when you look at the size of the seed and the size of the start is, it, they really have to overcome to become full-size plants. So when do you plant them? First off, you want a seed start to get their true leaves. If you look at a tomato when it comes up, you get these two leaves 
that don't look like tomato leaves. But as it gets older, you'll start to see they'll form the true leaves, the ones that are actually tomato-shaped leaves. This is true for many plants. Zucchinis, peppers, um, the early leaves are designed to get through the soil and use the energy that was in the seed to be able to get things started. Those leaves will suck up sunshine, remember? Uh, uh, plants are the ultimate solar panels. And what's gonna happen is those early leaves are going to change into what becomes the more permanent leaf. So don't transplant them, don't pot them up, until you see, as a minimum, real leaves, the true leaves that the plant's gonna form. That's a sign that they will have strong enough roots that you'll be able to transplant them. I have no idea how long it's gonna take for my uh, Aunt Molly's to come to true leaves. I'm not even sure what a true leaf would look like other than it will be different than the leaves that are showing now. Now I'm used to my tomatoes and peppers, what their leaves will look like. Um, not sure what these are gonna be, but until a plant gets their true leaves, you really, don't want to be transplanting it. That'll be very, very hard on the plant. Let them start to develop some decent, decent roots to get them going so that they can handle the transplant. Now I'm curious because they came up just when they were supposed to. After three weeks, the seeds started coming up but I don't know how many more weeks I need to go before I'll see a true leaf. I guess we're gonna have to discover that. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We're coming to the bottom of the hour. We're gonna take a break for the news. Uh, I'll catch you on the other side. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, getting texted this message, and this is a really, really, really common question. Uh, I will get it several times today, got it several times yesterday, and it's going to be like that for a while. So I'm going to cover it. And let's try to get some things uh, worked out here. The question is, you know, when do you cut back your salvia or your pride or Barbados or your other perennials? Okay, you got a couple of things to think about here. One, you may not need to do that. If you, um, if you are okay with the appearance, what'll happen is the dead parts of the plant that have been killed by freezes, 
will on their own start to break off. Wind, rain, things like that will get rid of the dead stuff for you. And it'll produce new growth when it's ready to do so. Pride of Barbados is one that normally should freeze to the ground. And it's not going to come up early in the spring. It's, it's going to need a little warmer weather for it to really fire off. So Pride of Barbados, Esperanza, uh, Mexican Firebush, Pavonia, Rock Rose, all of these plants, um, once they've frozen, then you could cut them flush. The whole plant is dead. But again, we get into this argument that that dead material is home for all kinds of wildlife, from beneficial insects to birds to rabbits to geckos. You know, they are, they are all looking for that kind of safe space. Is it that critical to you? And it could be, okay? Uh, there's nothing wrong with this. But is it that critical to you to clean that up right now? If it is, you may go do it. Do it now, no problem. But if it isn't, you can wait until you start to see new growth and then cut it back. Taking advantage of the weather can make a big difference. That first good hard freeze is gonna top kill many of these plants, but cutting them back right now is not gonna make them grow right now. If, if you're really dedicated to that, you really wanna clean all that up, go ahead. It is okay to do so. It just may not be necessary to do so yet. Now, one difference here too is like salvia. I have uh, a bunch of salvia bushes. They stayed evergreen this year. They're, they are not dying off. They're a little unruly. They, they don't have great shape to them, but not trimming it back yet. We'll probably shape it later. If we're talking, if we're talking the salvia gregii, you know, the reds, that pink and the purple and the blues, they're, they're, they don't really need to be cleaned up, but you can shape them when you want to. And that'll help, that will help promote growth. But if you're talking about the other salvia, the annual salvia, that's probably gonna freeze and you can trim that out. As for other perennials, let's talk about uh, Turk's cap. My Turk's cap is completely dead from the ground level to the tips. All of the branches are brown, the leaves are black. 
same with my um Oh, lantana. Sorry, couldn't think of the name of the plant. I'm not going to trim them now because they're providing really good cover, really good habitat for everything. And I'm okay with what it looks like. It's no big deal. I will come out and get rid of all of the stems on the Turk's cap. I will cut them flush to the ground here soon not today maybe not next week but we will trim those back we will trim back my lantana just uh not in a hurry if you trim everything right now you're gonna go from oh look dead plant to no plant is that a big difference I would rather have the dead plants providing the cover for wildlife than no plants showing. So can you do it now? Yes, absolutely. No harm, no foul. Do you have to do it now though? The question is more a burden on you than the actual plants. Trimming them now is not going to make them pop up green tomorrow. Even next week, they won't. But you can if you do not like the appearance. Feel free. Feel free. I know folks. some folks don't like that. Now, I have uh, Texas sage as an example also. My Texas sage is growing very erratically. Long branch here, short branch here, bent branch over here. In a little while, again, not yet, no hurry, I will go out and shape it. I will get rid of some of the stray growth and things like that. But I don't have to do it today. I'm not trying to avoid the labor. That's, that's not my goal here, which is unusual because I'm usually pretty good at it. Um, I'm trying to provide and promote the natural wildlife. I really want to make sure I've got a healthy environment for the beneficial insects because I don't want to spray anything if I don't have to, even spraying organic substances. I don't want to do that if I don't have to. So one of the ways to do that is to create an environment that is just full of beneficial insects. And, you know, we talked about this caller called in. We talked about this a few weeks ago. They were asking about fireflies. Sometimes we see them, sometimes we don't. Well, a couple of studies have come out and said, you know how to get lots of fire fireflies? Leave your leaves on the ground. Yeah, the fireflies nest in those dead leaves. And if you're out there removing them right away, 
you're removing the fireflies. So if you want to promote that kind of environment, you want to see those little fireflies going off all evening. Think about what you're doing first. You start removing their environment, guess what? You're not going to have them. No different than the effect we get out of uh, monarch butterflies. As long as we are killing milkweed, we're ruining the habitat for the monarchs. And they are down so bad because of that, they may reach a point that they can't recover. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a quick break. I'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Welcome back, everybody. Kind of cool this morning. You may have touched a freeze overnight. Uh, you may want to go out there and check today and see what kind of damage you got, if any uh, leaves froze. This is not unusual. I mean, it was a super light freeze, if it was a freeze at all, because the damaging freezes aren't just the temperature. It's the amount of time at those temperatures that really caused the damage. I bet you it's a little chilly out there this morning to be running the marathon. I guess that just makes you have to run really fast so you can get back inside where it's warm sooner. Uh, traffic's probably a little busy today downtown as they run the marathon. Uh, wish everybody luck. Um, it, it, this kind of cold, I guess that beats this temperature and rain. But uh, this will be a brisk day to be out and running. And all the respect to the folks doing it, it's, it's going to be a tough one. Not the worst one, probably. Not the worst one we've had. But it will be, it, it will be a cold one. It will be a cold one. Um, let's go to the phone. This is Karen. Karen, what can I help you with? Hey, good morning, Jeff. I am so excited. I've got buds on my Meyer lemon. Congratulations. Um, yes, it's, it's looking really good, but my only concern is that I was supposed to put um, dormant oil on it in January, and I didn't, and now I understand it's too late. And what can I do to protect it? It's in, the, it's in a sunroom. It's in a kind of porch space, so it's not outside. But is there anything I can do to protect it from not getting any bugs? Um, you can still do the dormant oil, especially if you have it in a protected area like that. They, okay. It'll still serve its purpose. You might consider, instead of using dormant oil, you use neem oil because neem yeah, oil will do the yep. same mm -hmm. thing. It'll do the same thing and kill the bugs, but it also can help fight certain diseases. So fungi mostly. 
So you kind of get, you know, double purpose out of it. But you can still do that now. Uh, you have an advantage. If it were an outside plant, I don't know if I would do it because we've had warm enough that you probably already got the problems on the tree that you would have normally taken care of with the oil. But since you're in an enclosed space, you're still good to do uh you're still good to do a dormant oil spray on it. Should I wait till it warm? It's warmer. It's later on today when it's in the well. It, like I said, it's an enclosed area. It's not heated. It's just a porch that's not heated. Should I wait until it gets a little warmer outside, or will the fifties later today be okay? Uh, well, one of the things with neem oil is that around forty to forty-five degrees. It turns back into butter, so you can't pump it through a sprayer, and you can't dissolve it enough in the water. So anything above about 45 will help keep the neem in solution and just not cause quite the headache for you. You could do it uh, later this afternoon when it's warmer, yes. Won't hurt anything, and... Uh, uh, it will protect the plant and, and soak into the, not the skin, but the, the, the outer coating of the leaves and last um, a little bit to keep the bugs off. Oh, good. I'm so glad I called. I will wait and do that, and I'll send you a picture. I'm just so excited. I guess how long now before um, lemons come, if I've got the buds and the blooms now? Uh. You're, what's going to happen is you're going to have the buds and you're going to lose a certain percentage of the flowers. That's normal. Don't panic. And then the flowers are going to open and they're going to form that little bud, that little round ball that's going to become a lemon. And then they're going to start growing and you're going to lose a certain percentage of those. Nothing you can do about it. It's not unusual for the plant. And then you'll watch the lemons get larger and larger as you go along. Um, 60 days, you might see uh, you might see a lemon where you go, no doubt about it, that's a lemon that's going to be fine, that's going to be growing there. It may be a little longer before you get to pick it. Okay. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Really appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. Thank you for the call. Folks, I have a uh, blood orange in the same condition. Went out there and looked at it yesterday, and flowers were just starting to open, and I was getting the little bud that would become an orange. It, it is not the fastest growing fruit, but it's pretty reliable. It does take it some time to get to the point where that little bud becomes a fruit that you can pick. The good side about it is if you're getting those now, we're on the, hey, weather's going to be getting warmer now. So that should get the fruit really starting to grow and you'll be able to harvest sooner. The nice thing about the Meyer lemon is 
it can produce a round of blooms more than once a year, meaning you could get fruit more than once a year. Many of the other citrus, nope, they got one growing period. They're going to bloom, they're going to fruit, and that's it for the year. But lemons and limes can both produce um, a crop multiple times a year. Folks, this is gardening naturally. I'm coming to the top of the hour. Mike, I see you there. I got a break for the news. I will talk to you on the other side of it. This is Gardening Naturally. Uh, Hang around, folks. We'll be back next hour.